In today's show, we're looking back at the action from Sunday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. I'm back and we are ready to look at the games from Sunday. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, let's go. First game. Early one, the Brooklyn Nets and the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls get their first win since trading for Nikola Vucevic. It's Vucevic. 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 You feel like the Nets almost wanted to lose this game? That could be the only explanation for starting Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge next to each other, and especially for not starting Nick Claxton in any game at all this season and then playing him eight minutes. Now, I can understand that there's a couple of things you can think of here with the Nets, is that Steve Nash said, all right, I'll show you. I'll play Blake and Aldridge together and show you that it doesn't work, so don't ask me about it ever again. Didn't work. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's like we just need to get you guys more reps and more minutes in our system to get up to speed for the playoffs, and we feel confident about Claxton's role. Maybe that's it as well. Or it could just be complete stupidity, and we're playing the guys with the big names versus the player who's the better player. Regardless of what it is, that's 22 minutes for Nick Claxton combined in the last two games, and we don't even have Durant or Harden playing. Jordan, rightfully out of the rotation. DeAndre Jordan, done. Of course, you can drop him if you haven't. Don't know what you're doing. In fact, somehow, people picked him up. His roster percentage went up over the last day. Explain it to me. I I can't. Um, I think you've got to drop Claxton for as good as he is, and he is better than Aldridge, and he is better than Griffin, and he is better than Jordan, and he is better than Jeff Green. But if they're not going to play him because of big names and equity and all that sort of bullshit... Um, there's just no need for it. Zero points in eight minutes for Claxo in this one, while Aldridge was a minus 12 and Griffin was a minus 10. Shocker. Kyrie had 24, 2 and 15 with two steals, and Jeff Green, nice game from him, 21 points in 25 minutes with four triples. Not much else there for Jeff, but it is hard to get too excited about him, especially considering we know the absences. My name is Jeff. Harden might return Monday, and Durant, it looks like, is going to return at some point this week, but you'd have to think he'll be sitting back-to-backs, and his minutes will be pretty low for the first week or so. Landry Shamit, uh, only 13 points for him in 22 minutes. Did seem to hurt himself in this one, so we'll see what happens with his ankle. While Smoke and Joe Harris, really big slump for Harris at the moment. 11 points in 35 minutes. He's not doing what he does, and that's hit threes in big volumes. Only one three here. 194th ranked player over the last two weeks. I'm not saying he's a drop. I think he is a guy that we hold, but in a 10-team league, in a points league as well, there's no reason to be just clasping on to Joe Harris in every circumstance. So 10s and points... I wouldn't be too worried there. The Shark, Bruce Brown, had 10 points in his 30 minutes. Baby shark, I didn't even mention the order of just stats. 11 points, 3 blocks, 26 minutes. Like, it's fine. The blocks are really nice. I do not think that LaMarcus Aldridge is a must-roster 12-team league player. He is absolutely fine if you want to have him on there and if you want to stream him in for this back-to-back and for Monday's games, by all means. He is not blowing me away, though, with his numbers. And Griffin, 10 points, 8 rebounds, 22 minutes. Absolutely no reason for me to think he should be on a 12-team roster outside of streaming, and he probably doesn't play on Monday anyway. 
For the Bulls, Vooch had 22 and 13. He had two steals. He had two blocks. He had two assists. I'm going to give it to him. Two for two, two, two. Um, shot well, fantastic. Well, Tomas Sadoransky, 31 minutes, 19 points, 11 assists, and two steals. Sadoransky should be on someone's roster in a 12-team league, especially while Kobe White is out. Patrick Williams, 11 points in 31 minutes, just isn't enough to be a 12-team league guy. While Larry Markkinen, Jack, what do we do? Get that garbage out of here! Now, that could be proven wrong because someone could get injured. Vooch could go down, Thad could go down. And they decide, oh, we're going to play Lowry and start him and play him 32 minutes a night, and he becomes back to being a 12-team league guy. It just isn't how it's looking at the moment. 8-5 and five in 23 minutes. The 227th-ranked player over the last two weeks. Even for the year, he's the 110th-ranked guy, and it's trending downwards pretty solidly. I just, again, anything can happen. A guy can get injured, and they have to force him back to 30 minutes. But I just, the pairing with him and Vooch isn't there. He's not a particularly good player. And he's not a particularly good fantasy player. So again, I think if you need to create that roster spot now and you need production now, then he's got to be considered expendable. Very few players outside of DeAndre Jordan are guys that you just automatically drop. But they their names, when I say get their garbage out of here, their names, you go, well, is holding them worth it? Is holding them worth clogging up a roster spot that reduces me from streaming other blokes in and from streaming guys to maximize games for the week or adding a hot free agent in the injury situation. And I think in Markinen's case, the answer to that is clearly no. Well, to me, it is anyway. You may have a different opinion. Levine had 25, 3, and 5. While Thad Young, only 22 minutes. I'd like to see a little bit more out of Thad in terms of playing time, but 12, 5, and 5 is really strong. And then Vanilla Tice had 10 points in his 24 minutes and played alongside Vooch for a little bit too. Troy Brown played 28 minutes. He's a long way from being fantasy relevant, um, and it's likely the, the minutes pushed up there because Kobe White and Garrett Temple were out. Let's go on to the next game, another one in a series of blowouts. The Clippers handle the Lakers 104-86. No Andre Drummond again, so Marcus Sol started and played 18 minutes. Oh, hi, Mark. And he's probably going to go out of the rotation next game. 18 minutes, 11 points, three threes, one steal, one block, which isn't a bad fantasy line. Um, but again, he's probably just not going to play. Now, he was a horrible minus 17, like most starters in this game. Well, Montrez Harrell played 27 and had 19 and six with two blocks. And I think Harrell, you've got to look at him as a sell-high option because if Drummond's going to come in, and play, as they claim, starters minutes. Now, does when Frank Vogel says starters minutes for Drummond, does he mean I've been playing my starting center 18 minutes a night in Marcus also that's what I'm going to play Drummond? Or does he mean like a usual starter and play him 29 minutes? Because that leaves nothing for Harrell. So if you could sell Montrez Harrell for a top 100 player, I would absolutely do it immediately. Horton Tucker showed why we like him, 26 minutes, 16 and 5 with two steals, but the production and the minutes, they're not consistent enough to hold him in a 12-teamer. Well, it was just an absolute turd from Dennis Schroeder, 8 points on 25% with 7 assists. Morris, not much better, 9 and 5, and the future MVP, actually worse. 6 points for Kuzma in 33 minutes with 7 boards and 2 blocks on 20% shooting. We're still holding Schroeder, we're still holding Kuzma. Morris is like a 14 to 16 team league sort of player. For the Clippers... No Serge Ibaka, no Patrick Beverly, but Rajon Rondo made his debut, played 13 minutes and had two points, three assists and two steals. I think he's going to be like a worse man's TJ McConnell in that maybe he gets five assists and 1.5 steals in a 20-minute role, but I don't think he's coming in or playing 30 minutes a night or anything like that. And he's very, 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 very far from a 12-team must-roster player. 
Terrence Mann's been rostered in a lot of places. I don't really think that's necessary. Seven points in 20 minutes for him on 30% shooting. And despite the improvement in his play, he's only ranked 178th over the last two weeks. Well, Ivica Zubats had six and nine in 31 minutes and two blocks. Now, Serge Ibaka, we don't know when he's returning. He's been out for a long time with back stiffness. So Ibaka does have some value. Now, let's address the elephant in the room now. DeMarcus Cousins has been signed to a 10-day contract. No, you don't add DeMarcus Cousins in 10-team leagues or 12-team leagues, or probably 14-team leagues. He's just not that good anymore. He is worse than Abaka, and he is worse than Zubats. Now, if Abaka remains out, he will get some backup center minutes, but they do like going small, playing Marcus Morris and Patrick Patterson, although you know, those 17 minutes that Patterson played, maybe that can go to Cousins. But Cousins is just going to be a deeper league guy, and probably just for the very short term. He has that brand name value. I don't think that Ty Lue and the Clippers are going to do what Steve Nash and the Nets are doing and say, well, you've got a big name and used to be good five years ago, so should we play you big minutes? That's unfair to Aldridge. He was good last year. Um I don't think that's going to happen, so I am not wasting an ad on DeMarcus Cousins, really, in any scenario. Marcus Morris played 22 or 28 minutes and had 22 points. He's a nice point streamer. He also shot 69% Giggity. from the field, which is unrealistic to continue, and zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks highlights you know, the limitations in what he does. But as a scoring booster, by all means, Kawhi had 19, 10, and 8, and the Beatle Paul George had 16, 7, and 3. But this was a pretty comfortable victory. Reggie Jackson had his six points in 21 minutes, but there's just so many guards now. Jackson, Rondo, man, even the Duck Luke Canard played 18 minutes, and then you got Beverly to come back into the mix, and it's really hard to see any of these guys having consistent value to be useful in 12 or probably even at this point 14 team leagues bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action football might be over but the nba that's cracking on the nhl is cracking on college basketball you got one more day there um they're in full swing bet online even covers awards tv shows and reality tv Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. And it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device and use our promo code LOCKEDON to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Okay. On to the next game here, another blowout, 30-pointer here. The Celtics beat the Hornets 116-86. to Terry Rozier, inefficient, but 22 points in 32 minutes with seven rebounds and four assists. Good to see some numbers come back. While Devontae Graham had 11-4-6, and, and he should be a rosterable player. Of course, over the weekend, the news came out that Gordon Hayward's going to be out four weeks with a foot sprain. Um, without an injured reserve slot, really tough to hold on to Gordon Hayward. I think he's got to be a drop. And Miles Bridges is going to see some extra minutes. Now, it didn't particularly wow us here. 31 minutes for Bridges. 10 and 5 with two threes and two assists. But his you know, ranking as the 128th ranked player this season probably can push up from here on out to maybe the 100th or the 105th. And I think that has enough value. Don't be blown away by him. Or don't be ex- don't expect to be blown away by him, but there is enough solid value there. Let's be honest here. PJ Washington Jr., he's been shit house. Like he has been really bad. 189th ranked player over the last two weeks. Extreme foul trouble today, cannot hit a shot, 17% from the field, three points and three rebounds. But despite all of these struggles, he is still the 88th ranked player this year. This is a massive downturn. And I understand if you're in fantasy playoffs, you need immediate production. If you're in a situation where you're not in fantasy playoffs, you're in the bye or you're solid in the playoffs and you don't need that immediate production, I feel pretty confident that he's going to turn around. He's not like a 20% shooter, which is what we're seeing from PJ at the moment. The foul trouble is not going to persist every game. And especially with Haywood out, that's more minutes for Bridges at the three. I feel pretty good about Washington getting his groove back. I don't know when it will happen. And he is notoriously streaky in terms of his shooting. But he will be better than this. I feel pretty good about saying that. 
Cody Zeller had seven and seven off the bench, while Biombo had two blocks and 100% field goals in six points in 21 minutes, but very little to get excited about there. While Jalen McDaniels, Cody Martin, and Caleb Barton, they're picking up some of the slack from Haywood's injury, but none of those guys are really going to trouble the scorers in 12 or 14 or probably even in 16 team leagues. For the Celtics, Ivan Fournier. First two games for Boston look pretty bad. The next two games, unbelievable. So where does he sit? It's got to be somewhere in the middle. 17 points with four triples, six assists, two steals, and a block. That's fantastic. He's now had three blocks as a member of the Celtics. Remember, he had uh, he's had multiple seasons where he's had under four blocks for an entire season. So to say that the shot blocking from Fournier is probably unrealistic, and to be fair to him, he has blocked 12 shots this entire season, but he's had three in four games for Boston. So it's a quarter of his season total for blocks in four games. Um what he's done in these games has been pretty remarkable. Zero points, six points, then 23 points and 17 points. So two terrible games, two really good games. He still can be a back-end 12-team league guy. The minutes are sort of all over the place, 33, then down to 31, then down to 30, and then down to 22. Blowout related for sure. But yeah, I think looking at these games and expecting big games from Fournier as a top 100 guy is not likely, but also expecting him to be outside the top 200 is not likely. He can be a 12-team league guy, but he's more of a back-end player. The Rock DJ, Robbie Williams, look, just to be sure, he is a must-roster player. Literally every single league you're in, he is a must-roster player. 16-8, and eight, two steals, one block. He got eight assists across the weekend. He's got a high field goal percentage. He is the 71st-ranked player this year in 18 minutes a night. Over the last two weeks, he's the 24th-ranked player in 25 minutes a night. There is absolutely no justification for leaving him on a waiver wire. You cannot justify it. Tristan Thompson will come back. I don't give a shit. Like, Thompson is not as good as Williams, and I think Stevens has, has realized that. And Williams doesn't need 38 minutes. He doesn't need 30 minutes to be a top 40 player. He has to be on a roster in every single league. Do not look at him as like, oh, I'm debating him or someone at the end of my roster. He is in your best five players most likely at this point. Jason Tatum had 22 and 8. Jalen Brown had 17 and 6. Uh, no free throws for Jalen, but good numbers nonetheless. JB, you've done it again. Kemba had 12, 2 and 6 and Smart had 12, 1 and 4. But really, this was just a blowout game. Romeo Langford making his season debut had a triple one in 12 minutes. He had three points from that one three that he hit. Really hard to see him making any sort of fantasy impact as we move forward. But in the rotation, and that probably impacts guys like Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Neesmith, and maybe even guys like you know, Grant Williams, uh, who was basically out of the rotation here, and still no Shemi Ojale for this squad. Next game we look at, pretty comfortable victory for this one for Memphis. 116 over Philadelphia, 100. Grayson Allen continues to play, and yeah, I've been pretty harsh on Grayson Allen, but he's playing well. 15 points, 4 triples, 2 steals, 2 blocks. 94th ranked player over the last two weeks. I think you've got to look at him as a 12-team league option, unbelievably. Kyle Anderson had 10 points with two steals and three blocks. He remains a 12-team league guy. Dylan Brooks, probably less so than those two guys, to be honest. 17 with two triples, but has some points league value. We know that he has that fluctuation in his shooting. And of course, my man, the wave pool. Only played 15 minutes, which continues to be just frustrating as shit. But 14 points, four triples, three assists, and a block for Melton. Um, 105th ranked player in 20 minutes a night. But expecting him to play 25, it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel likely with the way that Jenkins continues to run this rotation. And by run it, I mean frustrating the shit out of us. Melton is very good. But that's not to say that Brooks and Allen didn't play well here because they did. Ja Morant didn't play particularly well in terms of the box score, but a massive plus 29. Only eight points on 38% shooting, but 10 assists, but only one th- steal, only one three. Bad from the line. His, realistically, shit fantasy season continues. 
111th ranked player this year, 142nd over the last two weeks. We're not dropping him, but it is bloody frustrating. Desmond Bain had 14 and 6 with three threes there, and Brandon Clark, 15 points. Still, Clark remains a must-roster 12-team league guy. Now, Joel Embiid returned over the weekend, but he rested this one in the back-to-back. So we had Prison Mike Scott starting. He did what he did, 9 points with three threes. That's all he's good for, while Howard had 9 and 12. And uh, the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. 21 and 8 for Harris, while uh, Paul Reed. Remember the name Paul Reed if you're playing late into May. 10 and 6, one steal, one block. A dude that fills it up. Ben Simmons without Embiid, you're going to be shocked to know that he sucked as he's done basically every game this year without Embiid. 7, 7 and 4, while Shake Milton had 14 points in 17 minutes and Seth Curry had 3 in 24 minutes. I think that Shake is not a 12-team league guy. I don't think Seth Curry is a 12-team league guy. Uh, the painter Matisse Thibel isn't a 12-team league guy. Danny Green had two blocks and two threes. He does remain a 12-team league player, top 50 over the last two weeks and 96th over the course of the season. On to your next game here. We're looking at the Golden State Warriors taking on the um, Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks win at 117-111. Steph was great, 37-5-2 with two steals and a block. Ubre played well, 20 and 11 in 37 minutes with two steals and three blocks. Ubre's value, of course, has waxed and waned so much this season. 50 fantasy points is great, but he's only the 117th ranked player in category leagues. I still think he's a must-roster guy. And Draymond had 11, 7, and 11 with four steals. And even Wiggins was okay, 16 and 5 with two steals, but the bench is just it's a disaster. And James Wiseman continues to struggle. Now, he only had one foul, but played 18 minutes because when the Warriors want to win, Wiseman will not play. And they, you know, Steve Kerr can come out and say, we're committed to developing. He's got to play more minutes. When push comes to shove and they watch him play, they go, shit, we need to win these games. He can't be out there. And he wasn't atrocious in this game. He was still a plus three. But this is just the reality of Wiseman's situation. Eight and five with nothing else. Poor shooting. He's the 241st ranked player this year. I do not think he's a must-roster player. Definitely in 10-10 leagues or in 12-team leagues. You can wait and wait and wait for potential, but we're getting to the stage of the season where the dude has never shown it. And I think if you're waiting for it, you're going to be costing yourself playoff victories and you know, losing yourself out of a, a fantasy league. Um, Jordan Poole, obviously a droppable guy. Uh, Bazemore had two points. Kevon Looney wasn't particularly good either. Two and four with two blocks, and Lee had nine points in 23 minutes. But the Wiseman situation obviously is something to watch because you know, the minutes are going to be up and down. Now, if there's a blowout, you'll see his minutes push back up, but there is real risk in uh, rostering him at the moment. The Hawks, they were without John Collins. DeAndre Hunter's out again. Came back way too early. Cam Reddish and Chris Dunn. So they started a lineup that was Trey Young, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kevin Herter, Solomon Hill, and Clint Capella. But it was Gallinari who did the damage, 25 and 10, and he's a must-roster guy while the Baptist is out. And Capella was great too, 24 and 18 with two blocks. Big numbers there. Fan of pants, Kevin Herter. He's been struggling. He is um, the 289th ranked player over the last two weeks, but... It- 10 points, 4 assists, 3 steals is pretty solid. I just think that you know, given the absences here of Hunter and Reddish and Dunn and even Collins, it does impact his, um, you know, it pushes his numbers back up. I wouldn't be bothering with him in 12-teamers. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich had been ro- rolling, absolutely rolling. 36th ranked player over the last two weeks, but this wasn't particularly good. 10 points on 10 shots, but 5 assists, 2 steals. He is a must-roster 12-teamer. And Trey Young had some injury worries in this one, so I am watching that one pretty carefully. 28 minutes, 13 points, 27% shooting. Looked like he's had some knee problems in the last few days, had an elbow issue in this game. 
Got to watch that one. When Lou Williams had 15 in 26 minutes. Lou, I think he's just going to be a nice points league streamer or a points and threes category type streamer for 12 teamers and more of a 14 to 16 team league must roster player. But his minutes were bumped by the fact that Collins, Reddish, Hunter and Dunn were all out. Now, Reddish has still got a few weeks to go and, and Collins has probably got another week, I'd say, until he returns to action. Guys, Bilpa, they are some new flavors that Built Bar has got. 18 flavors, six new ones. We know we just had the Built Bar madness with the cookie, coconut, coconut brownie chunk winning the championship over there. But Built Bar is that low, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber protein bar we've been telling you about. It is the best tasting protein bar I've ever tasted, and it will be the best tasting protein bar that you ever taste. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. For example, their peanut butter bar, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, and only 5 grams of sugar and 5 grams of net carbs. So, Go to Built Bar and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. The promo code is LOCKED15 to get yourself boxes and boxes of the best tasting protein bars ever. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. When you're looking for a part for your car, who wants to get into their car, which might not even work, that's why you need the part for your car, to travel out to your local auto chain store and then get the bloke behind the counter to charge you too much money. You can just go straight to rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And when you, whenever I read this, I go, for 20 years online, that sounds crazy. Has the internet even been around that long? And then I realized that 20 years ago was 2001. And then I feel old as shit. But that doesn't matter because rockauto.com is still dishing out the bargains for you blokes. Best of all, those prices at rockauto.com, they are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You wouldn't unless you're stupid. Go to rockauto.com right now and see the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay. On to the next game, we've got the New Orleans Pelicans beating the Houston Rockets, 122-115. The Pelicans were without Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Kyra Lewis Jr., um, Josh Hart. Now, Josh the Hitman Hart, his season is done. You can go and drop him with that thumb injury. That's unfortunate, or it's basically done. They also signed Isaiah Thomas. I don't think you need to add him in 12, 14, or 16-team leagues, not even probably 18-team leagues. I don't expect Zion or Brandon Ingram to be out, but they also copped another couple of injuries. Nikhil Alexander-Walker with a lower leg injury. I'm a little bit worried about that, and I think he's going to miss some time. And Steven Adams also going into the concussion protocol, so he could miss some time. Now, they started a lineup that was Lonzo Ball returning from injury. We'll get back to him in a sec. Eric Bledsoe, James Johnson, Jackson Hayes, and Steven Adams next to each other. That is a pretty wild combination. So Hayes had 11 and 7 with a triple one, hit a three. Very interesting. Billy Hernan Gomez, 15 and 12, double, double. So watch for Hayes and watch for um, Hernan Gomez because if Zion's going to be out, if Ingram's going to be out, and now Adams is going to be out, there's going to be value in those guys and they could have short-term 12-team value. I think James Johnson is someone you've got to add. We know that he fills it up and he filled it up in a huge way. In fact, James Johnson, he made us proud. this for a fantasy one. 18 and 7, three assists, two steals, and four blocks. Even if you get just one more game out of James Johnson like this, it is worth it to grab him. Lonzo Ball, holy shit, 27, 4, and 9, three steals, and eight triples first game back. 
37 minutes first game back, amazing. And I think with Alexander Walker looking like he's going to be out for a bit of time, Josh Hart definitely out for a bit of time, Kyra Lewis injured, I think you got to add Eric Bledsoe, amazingly. 19 and 4. Someone tell him on Twitter that I said that because he's blocked me, so I can't. 19 points, 4 triples, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal and 2 blocks. Now, of course, he shot 27%, but he's going to have so many opportunities to put up numbers now with all these guards falling down around him. Um, so, yeah, I think we're looking at Bledsoe as an ad, Johnson as an ad, and then you're looking at Hayes and Hernan Gomez as some pretty solid options with all these injuries adding up. Now, Wes Awundu is a bloke that you're never going to want to add. Maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe Isaiah Thomas in the 16-team league is worth it. If Alexander Walker, Lewis, and Hart are all out, along with Ingram and Williamson, he might come in, play 20 minutes, score 14 points, hit three threes, have five assists. That's all right for 16 and maybe even 14-team leagues. I'm not doing it in 12s. But the way these injuries are all falling at the moment, maybe there is a chance Isaiah Thomas can have value. Maybe I was being too harsh on the bloke. But also, remember that it's been four years since he's he's been good and he's had plenty of opportunities and he just has not been good in that time. So you have to wonder if at age 30 plus with those, you can talk, he, and this bloke talks more than anybody talks. Man, I'm back. And oh, man, Isaiah Thomas is back. I saw how good he looks. The amount of I don't even know if it's propaganda. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's consistent. And I I applaud him for really grinding to get those NBA jobs. But I think you almost can't help but be sucked in, man. Isaiah Thomas looks good. Everyone's saying he looks good. Isaiah Thomas, IT, King in the fourth. He's going to come out. He's going to do this. But the evidence we've seen at NBA level has been bad for three, four years. There is an opportunity here, though, and he's at least, at the very least, worth keeping an eye on. And I think, yeah, and those 16 teamers, and if you wanted to take a flyer in a four-team, I don't mind it. I would obviously add Eric Bledsoe ahead of him, but with all these other blokes out, there is there is an opportunity maybe cracking in for him. As for the Rockets, Olenek, holy shit, 33 minutes, 26 and 8 with five triples, three assists and a block. He cannot be left on 12-team waiver-wise. The wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, 19 points in 26 minutes. Good game from him. Kevin Porter. 32 minutes, 12, 5, and 5 with two threes and a block, 33% shooting, and continues to be pretty underwhelming, I would say. The 154th ranked player this year, 21 fantasy points in this one. Um, No John Wall in this game, but the problems that have plagued Porter in the past, the poor shooting, yeah, maybe the, the lack of defensive stats, they're creeping back up now. He is not a drop by any stretch, but I think our I think our expectations have been fairly calibrated now. The crucifix Christian Wood was just horrendous in terms of shooting, a true shooting of 45%, 15 and 12 on 27 from the field, which is atrocious, and 62 from the line on 13 attempts is equally atrocious. Well, don't don't 100% discount Avery Bradley. Now, I know he's not good usually, but with Daniel House going down, and you think he's going to miss some time probably, with John Wall out, Eric Gordon out, David Nwabra out, uh, Dante Exum out, yeah, 26 minutes for Bradley, 5 points, 3 assists. Now, 22% shooting is rough, but maybe he finds a 30-minute role here. And I also would be looking at Sterling Brown and DJ Augustin, especially if you're looking for assists. Augustin, 9, 6, and 5 in 20 minutes. Um, Yeah, that's probably about it. They did just sign uh, Armani Brooks, so keep an eye on him. He's a decently high usage shooting guard, and if we've got all these other guys injured, like Wall, Gordon, Waba, Exum, and now House, maybe he, in for deeper leagues, that's 20 teamers, maybe Armani Brooks is someone that at least could get a little bit of your attention, I think. All right, let's go on. Last game of the day, the Orlando Magic fall to the Denver Nuggets, 109-119. Magic were up big in this one. The Magic And then the Nuggets just said, no, no, that's, uh, that's not going to happen, guys. And they'll take over, and they dropped 72 points in the second half, Denver, to get the win. Let's talk Orlando first. Chumura Kiki, 39 minutes. He continues to fill it up in big ways. Now, he was a team worst minus 20. He took a team, second team high, 17 shots. Not particularly efficient, but 19, 7, and 5, two threes, 
two steals and a block. Now, I've been calling for him to get more minutes all year. I didn't think that we'd ever see high usage Chumura Kiki, but we're seeing it now. And he's filling it up right across the board, and he's a must-roster player. And my boy, Wendell Carter Jr. 35 minutes, 16 and 9, four assists, three steals, and a block. Pretty disappointing if you're a Bulls fan to know that, A, you just did not put this guy in a position to succeed. And then I don't know if he was the sticking point in, like, if you're getting uh, Vooch, you've got to give up Wendell Carter. Or they just said, you know, Wendell will, you know, the Magic said, we'll have Wendell allow And they said, I'll take Wendell. I don't know how that all went down. I, I understand that the Magic did prioritize Carter. But even benching him in place of Markinen was absolutely asinine at the time. And now you're seeing the potential that I saw in Wendell. A clear must-roster player who's played well almost every game. And RJ Hampton looked pretty good. Now, he did hurt his ankle at the end, but I think he's going to be all right. 16 points, 33 minutes, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, and two triples. Now, again, there was no Cole Anthony. There was no Michael Carter-Williams in this game. Gary Harris still hasn't returned, and Chasen Randall was dealing with a hamstring injury. But Hampton is the, more the future than any of those guys. Or maybe that's not true. Anthony, when he comes back. Um, I'd be interested in adding RJ in like a 16-team league. I think there is some streaming value in a 12-teamer, but I highly doubt he's going to play 33 minutes a night every game as we move forward. James Ennis, nice 14-team league ad. 17, 2, and 5, two steals and three threes, especially with Otto Porter again in a walking boot with his foot problem. I, I'm really worried about Otto Porter's future in the NBA, to be honest. This foot and the hip, they've just been ongoing things for many, many years. And now again, he comes down, plays a couple of solid games, and he's out once more. Really troubling stuff from Otto Porter. Uh, if you didn't know, Porter, yeah, Porter's a drop. Uh, Terrence Ross had 19 points in his 31 minutes, while the Shart, Dwayne Bacon, 8 points in 31 minutes. There's absolutely no chance he should play 31 minutes. There, when Anthony, um, Harris, Carter-Williams all return, he should just not be in the rotation. He has no business being in a, any sort of fantasy uh, situation. He's played 26 minutes a night this year, the Shart, and he's the 307th ranked player on a per-game basis. It's almost impossible to be that bad, yet here we are with him continually getting minutes, and it's been an embarrassment all season, and he needs to be out of this rotation. He is just not an NBA-caliber player. For the Denver Nuggets. Now, Jokic was pretty frustrated early on, got into some early foul trouble with those frustrating calls where he doesn't get his own call to go his way, so he just yeah, hacks at his opponent. Ended with four fouls, but played 38 minutes. 17, 9, and 16, pretty good game. And let's talk Aaron Gordon. 35 minutes for Gordon, 24 and 7. Now, you know, when Gordon got traded, I was like, yeah, I'm not much sure. I think there's a real risk that he's going to be a droppable player. The ball is not going to be in his hands, and he's not going to be playmaking as much. And that part has turned out to be true. And in the past, he's been an inefficient scorer who didn't provide defensive stats. But since coming across to Denver, we have seen the defensive stats, you know, they've been improved. He's had five steals um, across the first three games that he played. And then Gordon had uh, no steals here. But he's also had four blocks in each of the last two games. Now, is that real or is the zero blocks in the first two games real? I'm not sure. But one thing that has improved, and you can understand why it has improved, and perhaps you know, I was probably wrong on not accounting for a big jump in his field goal percentage, but it's happened. He has been super in terms of improving his uh, two-point percentage. This is a guy who in his career you know, hasn't been over 50% for like three years in the two-point percentage category. But since joining Denver, he's over 60% on just getting easy looks from Jokic. So the usage has dropped off for sure. He's down at like 17, 18% in Denver when he was at 23% in Orlando. So that's been a big drop, but he's been able, to, and the three-pointers aren't really falling, but he's been able to counteract that by 
having a really high field goal percentage in his time in Denver, like pushing up to you know, 55% for those games in Denver. Now, will that be able to sustain as a 60-plus two-point guy? Probably not. Where does the usage fall? Is it above 20? Is it below 20? Uh, there are questions there, but you know, I, I was thinking that he was a drop, and I, I dropped him personally. Um, if you want to grab him, I, I think it's probably worth doing. Um, I, I have some skepticism about how this level of efficiency holds up, but just getting so many easy looks off of Jokic passes, you can see how there is the potential for that to maintain. I, I have some doubts about it, but you can see how that potential is there. The headmaster had 22, 5, and 4, and Michael Porter had 20 and 12, and Farton Will Barton 15 and 8. So good numbers from all of the starters, whereas the bench, not a lot there. Paul Millsap, just six minutes, and JaVale McGee took his second half minutes. Monty Morris returned and had 10 points in 18 minutes, and his potential to start is basically down the toilet now with Gordon in town. So 10 points in those uh, 18 minutes for Monty, leaving him for a deeper league scenario. Well, Jermichael Green had just 13 minutes. It really was the starters doing all of the damage here, and that's to be expected because their starting group is pretty strong. All right, let's move across now and have a look at the top ads and drops in the last 24 hours. Shake Milton up 15%. I bloody hope that was just because of the back-to-back. He has no business being in a 12-team league. Miles Bridges up 13%. Strong ad. Jalen Brunson's playing well. He's up 11%. I understand that one. I'm not convinced, but I understand it. James Johnson up 11%. Absolutely, he's been great. And Terrence Mann up 10%. I would have absolutely no hesitation in dropping Terrence Mann. In terms of drops, unfortunately, the news with Josh Hart is not great, so he's down 14%. Isaiah Roby down 14% with his current situation. I think that's maybe a little bit too early to be dropping Roby, but I get it. Otto Porter down 13 Yeah, get rid of him. He can go. Isaiah Stewart down 10%. Well, considering he's going to start on Monday, I'd be uh, adding him back at least for Monday. And then Alec Burks down 10% because we can't trust what Tom Thibodeau does with those minutes and with those rotations. Let's look at the top 10 players. Ross did in under 50% of leagues. James Johnson at number one, talked about him already, is an ad. Grayson Allen, probably worth an ad as well. Uh, Billy Hernan Gomez, there is maybe some potential there with Stephen Adams in the concussion protocol. And the same with number five there, Jackson Hayes. Uh, Marcus Morris at number four, a nice points uh, and threes streamer. RJ Hampton, uh, maybe. There are other guys to prioritize, but maybe. As I said, there is some value in what he's doing. Horton Tucker, I don't really buy it long term. Najee Marshall is a longer term uh, or sorry, a deeper league guy with all those injuries in New Orleans. Paul Reed, that's one to watch for May. And then we've got Jeff Green with a pretty solid game for Brooklyn, but I don't really believe that maintains long term. Let's look now at Monday's action across the league for DFS. All right, so we've got uh, seven games on on Monday, all starting early. Seven or six of the seven games start at 7 p.m. One game starts at eight, of course, national championship game for college basketball on. So let's have a look at these games, Knicks and Nets. It's a back-to-back for Brooklyn, so I don't expect Blake Griffin to play. I don't expect Kevin Durant to play. James Harden missed the last couple with his hamstring issue. There's a potential that he returns in this one. While for the Knicks, they're they're okay in terms of injury-wise. Mitch Robinson's still out, of course. Cleveland and San Antonio, Jarrett Allen, Larry Nance, both questionable. We don't have updates on those guys at this point. Um, Of course, that's going to have a big impact on Hartenstein and Kevin Love and Torian Prince and all of those players while the Spurs... Only real injury concern there is Gorgie Jeng, and he'll just get replaced by Drew Eubanks in that rotation. Lonnie Walker also probably unlikely to play. The Wizards and the Raptors now some big ones in this one. Fred Van Vliet, 
Questionable for Toronto if he is out. We're looking at Malachi Flynn to be the starting point guard. Kyle Lowry already out. And then on uh, the Washington side, Rui Hachimura and Bradley Beal are both questionable. Beal's missed the last four or five. Hachimura missed the last one. That improves the value of Neto and Ish Smith unbelievably. Um, also Russell Westbrook, of course. And then if Hachimura's out, Davis Bertan steps in there. And a little bit more value probably for Robin Lopez, who's been playing pretty well at the moment. The Kings and the Wolves. The Wolves are going to be or unlikely to have Ricky Rubio, Malik Beasley, Jalen Noel and D'Angelo Russell, all four of those guys are doubtful. So that's a ton of guards. So Jordy McLaughlin's going to get a lot. Goose, Anthony Edwards, he's going to play plenty, get lots of shots. And then you're going to have guys like yeah, Jarrett Culver and Josh Okogie go in there and try and do as little as possible in their playing time, as is according to tradition. The Kings, nothing really to talk about injury-wise. Of course, Marvin Bagley still remains out. The Pistons and the Thunder. Detroit is going to be resting the Duke Wayne Allington and Mason Plumley. So look for opportunities for Hamadou Diallo and Josh Jackson and, of course, Isaiah Stewart. They're in the front court while the Thunder, no Baisley, no Dort, no Gilgis Alexander, no Roby. So you've got the C part of Moses Brown, you've got Alexei Pokyshevsky, you've got the Salt Flake, Theo Maladon, you've got Tony Bradley pushing up for minutes, you've got the Oklahoma City Mudflap, Kenrich Williams, lots of different things happening in that game, which could be an absolute disaster or an absolute boon from a fantasy perspective and a DFS perspective. The Jazz and the Mavericks, Puzingis and Richardson, Joshy Richardson, missed last game due to injury. I think there's a chance they both return here. Maxi Kleber's been upgraded to probable, but both Richo and, uh, and Porzingis, if I can find my little... My little soundbite, one of the one of the OG soundbites. Well, they're just um, they're both questionable, so there's a chance they don't play. Now, of course, if they're out, we're looking at you know increasing minutes for Finney Smith if Porzingis is out. Uh, opportunities for guys like Nicola Melli, and then if Richardson's out, Brunson and Hardaway get the boost there. The last game is the Suns and the Rockets. This is a back to back for Houston. John Wall won't play. You'd have to expect Daniel House does not play after hurting himself on Sunday. Um, and the blowout risk is massive in this one. Uh, Phoenix, injury-wise, still no uh, Abdul Nadir, still no Frank Kaminsky, but they're not rot- big rotation pieces anyway. Kaminsky's not a rotation piece at all. But the blowout risk in this one, I think, is pretty significant. That could cause some uh, some disaster in a uh, in a DFS lineup. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe, or actually to follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and on Spotify, and on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.